So wonderful to be together on Rally Day. Uh, we are going to be reading this morning from the Gospel of Matthew, the very, very end of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. We're actually going to be preaching and listening and thinking about this passage for the next four weeks. There's a lot packed in here, so we're going to get to know it really well. I invite you to read along in the pew Bibles in front of you to the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Let's listen for God's word to us this morning. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have commanded to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, remember, I am with you always, always, until the end of age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray for the one who preaches for his sins are many? Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, move among us this morning. May something of what I say and do, or at least something of what is seen and heard of me or of us here today, may it not be of me, may it not be of us. May something be of you. May something be of you and your promises in our lives, in this world, the things you have done for us and the things you'd have us do for you. In your holy name, we ask this. Amen. How do you make a disciple? How do you make a disciple? Will Williman is somebody who ought to know something about how to make a disciple. I referenced him in the call to confession last week. I just finished reading his memoir. It's called Accidental Preacher. Um, Will Williman, if you don't know who he is, is a retired United Methodist bishop. He is one of America's most renowned preachers, and for many, many decades, he served as the dean of Duke Chapel right here in North Carolina. Now, if you've ever been to Duke Chapel, you know what an impressive building it is. It's this beautiful, ornate, stone, gothic cathedral right here in North Carolina, towering over that university campus. It is arguably the grandest church in our state. So Dr. Williman tells this story in his memoir about a time that this bishop from the African country of Angola came to visit and tour Duke Chapel. Um, Dr. Williman showed him all around, and the bishop was deeply impressed by the building. He was deeply impressed by the millions of pieces in the stained glass windows. He stepped up in the pulpit. He was taken aback by the beauty of the building. And, and the bishop, talking to Dr. Williman, started dreaming about what it must be like for God to have given Dr. Williman such a magnificent space in which to make disciples. So the bishop told Dr. Williman, he said, you know, right before I came on this trip, I was at this church back in Angola where I was baptizing people on behalf of the pastor. 
The pastor told us before we came that there were 20 new disciples to be baptized on that Sunday. But when we got there, we ended up with over 100. There wasn't even room for all the people in the tiny church. I, I, was, I was baptizing people as, as fast as I could, but it was growing really late in the evening. And, and I told them, I have to leave for America. The people were really upset to hear that because they had been looking forward to their chance to get baptized. People, people began shouting. Some people even started throwing things at us. The, the pastor had to, had to get on a, a loudspeaker, a megaphone, and, and, and pray and, and ask everybody to calm down. I, I got on the loudspeaker and I promised them, I said, two weeks, two weeks, I will be back from America and, and I'll be here to baptize all the rest of you. Just wait for two weeks, for two weeks. I wonder, Dr. Williman, how many people do you baptize here at Duke Chapel? Dr. Williman felt this lump in his throat. And he swallowed his pride. He said, well, you know, this is, I mean, this is a university chapel. So we don't do many baptisms. Come to think of it, I think we did it like uh, four last year. Forty, the bishop said. No, 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 four. Four hundred? No, like one, two, three, four. Dr. Williman felt ashamed. But the bishop stood there for a second, taking in what he had just learned, and he turned to him and said, Dr. Williman, you are an inspiration. He said, inspiration? He thought maybe, maybe he's having trouble with his English. It's a second language. Surely that's not the word he meant. Dr. Williman said, how, how am I inspiring? He said, I will tell you this. When I go home to Angola, I am going to tell all our brothers and sisters in Christ that while I was in America, I met a man of such deep faith that every Sunday he stands up and preaches the gospel in a church like this, even though God gives him no fruit. Today the church is open for business. Summer is over. Today is rally day. So today we kick off a new church year. Men's fellowship, Presbyterian women, youth and confirmation, a new confirmation class. Bible club, a new class of acolytes, a mission trip, handbells, all of it, all of it is kicking off today. So I'm wondering, since it's rally day and the church is open for business, what is all of this for? What fruit? It sows to be seen from all of these labors. Jesus um, speaks in his final words in the Gospel of Matthew on the top of a mountain. It's, this, is, this is days after the resurrection. What a time to be alive and to be in Jesus' presence. Jesus uh, appears there before all of his disciples. It says that they all worshipped him, but they also had their doubts. Even then in that moment. And Jesus then turned to them all and he, and he said, I've got a mission for you. He gave them a mission statement for a new institution that they were at that moment initiating. He said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
God has put me in charge. This is what I tell you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. Not just here in Judea of the Jews. Make disciples also in Rome and Macedonia and in Egypt and also Make disciples for all kinds of nations that haven't even been founded yet. Nations that are to come in ages that are to come. Baptize them, just like John the Baptist went around baptizing people. Do it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to follow and obey everything that I have taught, everything that I have commanded. And remember, remember that I am with you always always until the very end that is your mission and this when it comes down to it is why we are here today when you strip away all the pomp and the circumstance when you take away the choir and the columbarium that's being built when you take away all the youth summer trips to Massanutta and to Montreat you take away the Duma food pantry you take away the acolytes stewardship campaigns covered dish dinners and talent shows what are you left with what you are left with is an institution a community of people that exists for the purpose of making disciples that's our mission. That's what we're here to do. So the question we have to ask on our rally day is, are we making disciples? Are we trying with this church to make disciples? I think any good church has to always be asking itself this question. Uh, so this sermon is going to be the first in a four-part series that I'm calling How to Make a Disciple. We're going to look at it. How do we make a disciple? We're going to take a hard look at this mission statement that Jesus gives us here in Matthew 28. And we're going to ask, are we making disciples? Are we trying to make disciples? Making a disciple is both the simplest and the most complex thing in the entire world. I am convinced of it. In the most basic of terms, this is how I define a disciple. A disciple is a follower of Jesus, but what does that mean? A disciple is somebody who in the midst of life's darkness, in the midst of life's pain, in all the confusion of life, finds hope in Jesus Christ. And because they find hope in Jesus Christ, they therefore are compelled to share the hope of Jesus Christ with other people as they walk through the darkness and the confusion and the pain of life. This is what it means to be a disciple, to find hope and then to give it. Jesus tells us how you make one of these disciples. He tells us right here in the mission statement. He says there are three basic steps for making a disciple. Number one, baptize. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, he says. So that means you pour water over their heads. That's weird. It's a weird way to start. But you pour water over their heads, uh, the head of a new disciple in the name of the Trinitarian God. And what that water then signifies uh, is that it seals the promise of love uh, and mercy of God that is poured out for them and poured over for them that precedes them everywhere they go in life. Number one, step one, baptize. Then he gets to step two which is teach. Teach. Teach them everything that I have commanded. Teach them to obey everything that Christ has commanded. The disciple is a constant learner. 
The reason a disciple is a constant learner is because when it comes to the love and the mercy of God, you always have more to learn. You never stop learning because you always walk astray. You always get confused. This is part of what it means to be human and to be on this journey. We always have to relearn and relearn and relearn what it means to be a disciple. So this means we have to study the things of this love that has claimed us. We have to study what this mercy means and how to share it over and over and over again. Step one, baptize. Step two, teach. What's step three? Step three is remember. He says, remember that I am with you always until the very end. So as we go out and we strive to do these things that Christ would have us do for him, then we must be continually reminded of the things that Christ has done for us. You have to remember. You have to remember. How do you remember? Well, Jesus told us elsewhere in the Gospel of Matthew and also in the Gospel of Mark and also in the Gospel of Luke exactly how to remember. He says, remember me as bread and wine. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember me as if I were food that could feed you and keep you going on this journey along the way. Let my memory in your mind, in your heart, sustain you. That's how you make a disciple. Baptize, Teach, remind. It's that simple, and it's that hard. Baptize, teach, and remind. That's the way a person becomes the kind of person who finds hope in Jesus and then shares the hope of Jesus with others in this dark and this confusing and this often broken world. That is what the church exists to do, to baptize, to teach, and to remind. The church exists to make disciples. So here's our challenge today. Are we making disciples? When you strip Rally Day away and all that Rally Day entails and all that we're about to embark in, underneath it all, are we just having fun or are we making disciples? Are we trying to make disciples? That's the question. I've actually got a better way to ask it, though. Maybe the better way to ask the question, the better way to get at it, if we want to understand the fruit that God may be bearing here, is to ask it this way. Are we being made into disciples? Are, Are we here this morning trying, ready to be made into disciples? Because I think when it comes to this mission statement, right, this, this first part, this is the part of discipleship, of disciple making that we often get tripped up on, that the church often gets tripped up on. When we talk about making disciples, our instinct is to think that what we mean by making disciples of Jesus is that we go out and we make disciples out of people who are not yet disciples of Jesus. What we think we mean is that um, there are people who are currently outside of the church who we want to bring into the church and change their hearts, right? That's how you make a disciple. Once they've been brought in, now they are a disciple. This is part of the task. We call that evangelism. And Lord knows it's a good thing. We, 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 need, we need more disciples. The world could use more disciples of Jesus, right? The world could use more people who find hope in Christ. The Lord knows there are people who need 
that hope of Christ out there. And so the world needs more people who are finding it and people who are being sent to share it. But that's only part of the task. Look around this room. Don't look at me. Look around the room. You see these people in this room? The people to the left of you and to the right of you and in front of you and behind you, those people that you see around you, they need the hope of Christ in their lives. Their world is dark. For each one of them, it's different. We don't always know how, but for each one of them, their world in some way is dark and they need the hope of Christ in their lives. And the reason we are here, the reason you are here right now is so that you can make a disciple out of them. You could share the hope of Christ with them and encourage them to walk in it. Now look around the room again. Don't look at me. Some of you still looking at me. Look around the room. To your left, to your right, to the people in front of you, to the people behind you. Your world is dark. And I don't know how. I don't know what it is you are carrying, what you are worrying about. But you need the hope of Jesus Christ in your life. And the reason these people around you are here right now is to make a disciple out of you. You see, a disciple is not just a thing that you are ever done becoming. It's not a thing that you move in. It's not a category you move into, right? A disciple is a thing that a person is called to become over and over again, called back into being over and over and over again, week after week, rhythm after rhythm. This means that when we say the church exists to make disciples, we don't mean making disciples out of others that are out there that are not a part of us. We mean making disciples out of everyone, including each other. To be continuously remade into disciples ourselves. To always be receiving that hope of Christ and to be sharing it over and over and over again. Baptize, teach, remind. Baptize, teach, remind. That is the making of a disciple. That is how you and I are made into disciples. That is how you and I are being made into disciples. That is how we are making disciples out of each other. Scratch that. We are not making disciples out of each other. No matter how hard we try, we are just being used to make disciples out of each other by God. Baptize, teach, remind. That's how God makes disciples out of us. Let us go try to make disciples together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we ask it. Amen.